0: Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, November 20th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. We get the mayor's thoughts on the release of Thursday's provincial COVID-19 numbers, which hit a record for the number of cases... In a 24-hour period.
1: Then we head stateside where a grim milestone was reached on Thursday as the nation tallied 250,000 total deaths from the coronavirus. We get the latest from Jackson Prosco, Global News Washington Bureau Chief.
0: If you think you've been paying more for groceries lately, you're not alone. A new report from Stats Canada shows food prices are on the rise and driving that inflation is meat and vegetables. We speak with a dietitian for some suggestions to keep costs low while still maintaining a healthy diet.
1: And finally, we've set the time machine back 30 years. From music to movies, pop culture to the top news stories that shaped the decade, we remember all things 90s as we continue our weekly Flashback Friday series. It is 8-11 and now it is time as we are now halfway into Calgary's new two-week temporary restrictions put in place to help try and bring our COVID-19 case numbers under control. Well, with his thoughts on how the city is doing up to now with a record-breaking number that we heard about yesterday, we're joined by Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. Uh, first off, let's uh, I'll, I'll, starting on a lighter note, it is our flashback Friday once again, and we're flashing back to the 90s today. So uh, what are you thinking about when you think about the 1990s? Uh, we're, go-
2: we're going through my whole life here. <laughs> yep. So the, the 90s, uh, my 20s, uh, started at the University of Calgary and then lived and worked all over the world, went to graduate school in the U.S. Uh, during those years. Uh man, that was a lot of adventures, uh, a lot of experiencing the world, uh, and a lot of great music too.
1: Could you ever have imagined yourself in this place at this time, sitting in the mayor's chair for this many years?
2: You know, um, uh, maybe that's next week when we do the 2000 flashback, Perhaps, um, but, uh, I always knew I wanted to come back to Calgary and, uh, I didn't quite think it would be like this, but I'm so happy that I made that decision. You know, it was good to be away, it was good to experience the world, but I always wanted to come home.
1: Well, sorry, Andy, go ahead. Oh, I
0: want want to switch gears because, yeah, it was a simpler time in the 90s, uh, particularly over the past several weeks, perhaps all of 2020. We wish we could go back to the 90s. (laughs) I'm going to kick it off with we just got a text in, uh, Mayor, a minute ago. And I want you to respond to this because, uh, you know, I have sensed frustration when I've heard you speak over the past week or so. This texter says we all know the numbers of COVID-19 would continue to rise in the short term after the latest restrictions. As reported, it would take a couple of weeks before you will see the numbers subside. Stop spreading panic and fear. And that's not directed toward you, uh, uh, Mayor, but in, in general, what do you make of that statement?
2: Well, we should have seen numbers go down by now. Uh, typically we see the numbers respond uh, if, they, if they're going to respond within Five to 14 days. 14 is really the outlier. Uh, and the fact that they haven't responded is actually quite concerning. And, you know, it's not about panic or fear, but it's about being very clear-headed, uh, very cold-hearted, if you like, about looking at these numbers and where they're going and the numbers that should be really concerned about are the hospitalization and ICU rates. Uh, so from the very beginning, what we really need to do is ensure that we are not overwhelming the healthcare system because then that third number, the number of deaths, which has been increasing really significantly, I forget the actual figure, but is it something like 30% of all deaths have happened in the last two or three weeks? It's not quite that, but something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where we start to see that getting really, really troubling. Because, you know, as we grew over the summer and into the early fall, the number of cases were growing, but the, 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 the bad outcomes, the hospitalizations, the ICUs and the deaths were very flat. And that has completely reversed itself now.
1: So with the current restrictions, as we mentioned off the top, we're sort of halfway into that, that two-week block as we look at things. Is it, is it working? Do we need to do more? Does there need to be more from the top in terms of what the province does?
2: I don't think so. Uh, It doesn't look like it's working. We're not even seeing early indications that it is making a huge difference. And, you know, I think most Albertans would be hard-pressed to say what exactly were those restrictions beyond the kids' sports? Um, Yeah. You know, we had a town hall meeting uh, with uh, most of the mayors uh, across the province with the Premier and Dr. Hinshaw uh, earlier this week. And You know, they didn't say anything differently than what they say in public, but it's very clear that they're really concerned by these numbers. The premier continues to be concerned about particularly um, what will happen to retail businesses as we go into the Christmas season, if we have more of a shutdown. But I think it was pretty clear that more uh, more restrictive measures will be coming from the province sooner rather than later. And, you know, a lot of businesses have been telling me, look, if you're going to do this, please do it now. So that uh, we have the opportunity to salvage some of the Christmas season. And that is really, I want to I really focus on what people can do. So this week we launched, uh, relaunched Support Local YYC for supporting your local businesses as you get into the holiday season. And the real big thing there is if you have the means, get your holiday shopping done, get Christmas shopping done early. Try to support local businesses. And the way to do that is you can support them by buying online. So, you know, I'm trying to buy a pair of fuzzy slippers. I know that sounds funny, but I'm working home a lot and my toes are getting cold. (laughs) And rather than go to Amazon, you know, I went to the second or third Google link um, to try and find a local provider uh, to do that who can still deliver. So you can shop online with your local provider. You can uh, call the store if you know what you want and arrange for curbside delivery or arrange to have. Uh, the stuff waiting for you. If you're like me and you need to browse a little bit, we encourage you to go to your local store and shopping streets like Marta or 17th Avenue or Kensington um, so you can get in and out. You have to wear your mask and do all the the good distancing stuff. But let's keep those local businesses going, the ones who employ people locally, who pay taxes locally, who sponsor your kids' softball teams, because they need help uh, right now. And that's really one of the best things we can do now while we're continuing to stay safe.
0: 819 on the morning news and more with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Thank you for uh, spending some more time with us, Mayor. Yeah, um,
2: no, that's great. And we got Andy's theme
0: song. That's <laughs> was exactly. I actually think it was yours. Uh, listen, <laughs> um, I know that you are uh, try your best to, to dispel rumors whenever you can. Now, here you have to follow me here. My mom is a senior, and okay. uh, she went to get her hair done yesterday because <laughs> she fears uh, that she might not have that opportunity with perhaps more lockdown restrictions or an actual lockdown on the way. But... My mom was in the hairdresser's chair yesterday and she said that the hairdresser knows somebody who knows somebody who, who knows somebody who said that today the province will announce uh, more restrictions or perhaps a lockdown. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you think something might be coming. Uh, do you think we could see it as early as today or in the next handful of days?
2: Get that hairdresser to call me. <laughs> if okay. I need to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Um, you know, I don't think there's any great plot Uh, The, you know, the province is going to go, you know, Tuesday is the day or today is the day. I think they really are looking at the numbers on a day to day basis. Uh, They do have plans to go forward. Um, I would not be at all surprised uh, if they went with more restrictions prior to the end of the two week period that they announced last week, especially with numbers like yesterday's.
1: Now, OK, so looking at that, then, do you think maybe we need to or we might hear about some interprovincial travel regulations coming up? Is, is Do you think we should be doing that like we did at the beginning of the pandemic and like BC announced yesterday?
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure uh, about what they're going to plan on doing. But one thing we should remember is that in Canada... We do have part of Canada, which is like New Zealand, which has done an incredibly good job from the very beginning at keeping cases low. And that's the so-called Atlantic bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't have to look that far afield for things that might work. But as I said, I've heard from so many folks, you know, kind of get this over with. Don't keep waiting uh and you know today ontario is going to announce more restrictions there is now a mask mandate uh in every province uh, across the country except alberta so i imagine the pressure on the provincial government on this is pretty high but as i said last week as i've been saying for a while you know let's not wait for government to tell us the right thing to do Mm -hmm. it is time for people to start restricting our activities now you know i'm working from home more hence the fuzzy slippers Mm -hmm. um uh, we've collapsed our bubble in my own family, so we're not having family dinner with my sister's family anymore uh, for a little while just to try and protect my mom and keep this under control. Right. And that's really the sorts of things people need to be doing regardless of what government says. You know, we saw some new modeling from the federal government, um, and they say if Canadians don't change their attitudes, we're going to get to 20,000 cases a day across the country.
1: Scary figure and uh, potential if if we don't all try and do our part. You're right. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your time, Mayor. Thank
2: you all. With all that grim news, have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> um, and, of course, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear your mask, get your flu shot, start to collapse your bubble.
1: Have a great weekend. That is Mayor Nahed Nenshi, uh, Calgary's mayor, of course. 7 9 on the morning
0: news, and a scary milestone reached yesterday in the U.S., as the nation reported, over 250,000 total deaths from the coronavirus. With more on the battle against the virus and the latest in the ongoing election saga, we're joined by Jackson Prosco, Washington bureau chief for Global News. Good morning to you, Jackson. Good morning. This uh, 250,000 deaths. Uh, what else can you say? I, that it, it's incredible, and it, it to me, outside looking in, doesn't seem like it's slowing down. Is it?
3: It's not at all. You know, it's it's awful to think that at the start of this week we were talking about these awful projections that uh, if nothing is done soon, the White House was being warned they would be seeing 2,000 deaths per day by Christmas. We had over 2,000 deaths yesterday, and that's how fast this has turned around. And, uh, you know, as we all know, all these factors, the hospitalizations, the deaths, they lag, right? They take time to work their way through the system. So if we're seeing roughly a million new cases per week in this country, uh, yesterday there were 183,000 new cases just yesterday. What happens two and three and four weeks from now is those cases work their way into the hospital systems, which are already maxed out and start to turn into deaths. It's not a good situation.
1: And hence the curfews and the... And the regulations that are going into effect just in some states because it's not coming from the president, that's for sure. But California is seeing that they're going to have a nighttime curfew now.
3: Yeah, you're seeing state after state sort of start to reimpose measures. I think the concern from public health officials, of course, is what happens next Thursday, which is American Thanksgiving, typically right. the busiest holiday uh, of the year. Uh, the CDC just yesterday came out with guidance and said they are urging people not to travel. But it's a little late. I mean, a lot of people have already booked their travel plans. Mm-hmm. They're pressing ahead with their travel plans anyway. And if you were going to do sort of the responsible thing and maintain a strict quarantine uh, where you stay in your house and don't see anybody for two solid weeks before, or mingling with other family who are theoretically doing the same, you would have had to start that a week ago. And the CDC is only putting out its guidance seven days in advance.
0: And it seems like, you know, those uh, areas of the nation that were doing fairly well at the beginning, and in, in, in the first wave, if you will, uh, not doing so good now. And I think it was what Wednesday that New York City... Shut down school. That was that was kind of a big deal, wasn't it?
3: It was. You know, there's a lot of sort of criticism about the fact that they're doing that. They had set a self-imposed uh, standard that if the positivity rate reached three percent, schools would be shut down. Uh, I think that was before. You know, there was more science that suggested that maybe schools aren't the biggest driver of transmission. And I think you know they're facing a lot of criticism for the fact that uh, schools are closed, but bars and restaurants are still open for some degree of indoor dining. So lots to work out there. Uh, really, though, I think it all sort of speaks to the path work system that you're seeing in the U.S. where things are open in some places and they're not in other places. Some places have mask mandates, other places don't have mask mandates and everyone is sort of left to figure this out for themselves because, you know, time and time again, federal guidance has either been absent or it has been so watered down that it's inconsequential. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. It really all stems from the leadership at the top or the lack thereof, right? I mean, still not really hearing anything from Donald Trump in relation to COVID and the pandemic while President-elect Joe Biden is putting together his pandemic team, but that doesn't go into effect until January.
3: Yeah, I mean, the president has not taken questions from reporters in, I believe it's 18 days now, uh, and he's certainly not speaking about the pandemic or the fact that this is absolutely raging. All he has done is sort of tout uh, the success of vaccine development, which, you know, to the president's credit and to the credit of the team at the White House, they've come up with this system where they're pre-making millions of doses of various different vaccines, and then as soon as one or more of them are approved, they can roll them out. But that doesn't deal with the right now and the fact that it's going to take until next spring or summer to get you know most americans vaccinated and in that time you know the, the cdc is forecasting that there will be 300,000 dead by december 12th and other models suggest that by march we're looking at 450,000 dead
0: what does this mean is it next is next thursday thanksgiving in in the u.s it is yeah. what 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 are thoughts about that are, are people looking at restrictions or uh, is there are, uh, certain states saying do not gather or do you think it's going to be just business as usual
3: I mean, everyone is is urging people not to gather. And I think as we saw in Canada with Canadian Thanksgiving in October, that turned out to be a pretty big driver of spread, right? It's not so much these huge gatherings, it's people getting together for small family dinners. And that's the real worry here. Uh, but all they can do at this point is ask people not to travel because there are no formal restrictions on travel. For example, there are no formal restrictions on gathering. And so, uh, you know, the fact that this is being messaged very last minute uh, doesn't leave a lot of hope that we're not going to see a huge uptick in cases uh, And really an impossible situation by the time we get to Christmas a month later.
1: Let's move back to the election, which seems like a hundred years ago now. But, (laughs) uh, you know, Joe Biden winning the White House by a greater margin than any president this century, uh, including Barack Obama. Right. So where are we with this? Does it? What is, it? I mean, I don't, I'm just kind of at a loss for words even, Jackson, but what's going on in the White House and how does this thing move forward?
3: Yeah, I think we need to be perfectly clear that this has never happened before. Not only a president's refusal to concede, but the fact that he is, you know, casting doubt and making all these completely false, baseless claims. And look, I get the hate mail from the viewers who say, I saw this on the Internet. I saw that mm-hmm. on the Internet. Folks. It's not adding up. These court cases keep dropping. We've had 30 court cases now by the Trump administration or the Trump campaign, I should say. Only two have moved forward in the courts. The rest have been tossed out, and the two that move forward are inconsequential. Uh, They have not been able to actually produce evidence of massive voter fraud. A dead person here, a dead person there potentially voting. Yeah, that happens, especially in a pandemic year when uh, 250,000 people have died. It's very conceivable that somebody voted by mail in September or October and then died before election. That's not illegal in most states. That's just a fact of life. Yet the president is going to tremendous lengths to try and sow doubt about the election. Uh, Now he's meeting with state lawmakers from Michigan today who he has summoned to the White House. Uh, The play seems to be that they're hoping that those state legislators will actually overturn or ignore the will of the people in a state that he lost by more than 100,000 votes Mm -hmm. and instead appoint Trump-friendly electors. Uh, as opposed to ones who would vote for Joe Biden in the Electoral College, because remember, it's the Electoral College that actually certifies who the next president is. So uh, at the end of the day, like it or not, one of the two main political parties in the United States is seeking to overturn the results of an election they lost using uh, anti-democratic methods.
0: And you you mentioned, you know, we're not hearing too much from Trump, but what we have been hearing, it seems like over the past 10 days or so, is uh, people w- within his camp that he's been firing, including a cybersecurity specialist. And um, you know, Does this have any Any real impact or is just uh, this uh, just the president acting out because he's only got a couple more months left. Uh, Is there any significant firings uh, as far as changing the direction of the government between now and January?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's more concern about the changes at the Pentagon, for example, firing the defense secretary and other top officials there and sort of installing Trump loyalists. And really the play seems to be that Trump is going to make life as difficult as possible for the incoming administration. Uh, so they're, you know, seeking to rapidly draw down troops in Afghanistan and Iraq to meet a deadline of January 15th, which is just six days before the inauguration. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was visiting Israeli settlements yesterday in the, in the uh, West Bank, becoming the first Secretary of State to do so, if I'm not mistaken. And those are the types of things that are sort of aimed at boxing Joe Biden in. And again, they're antithetical to the idea that an outgoing president typically goes out of their way to set up the next administration for success. So this really sort of speaks to uh, how unusual Donald Trump's actions are here in his final days in office.
1: Much more setting up for failure or attempting to, right? That's sure the way it seems.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, Barack Obama, there's a history there where Obama said in his final days in office, doesn't matter who's coming after me. He wanted more material prep for his successor, whether it was Clinton or Trump, than he was given by George W. Bush. So I
0: think that sort of speaks to uh, the difference in leadership here. Thank you so much for your time, Jackson. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. That's Jackson Prosco, a Washington bureau chief for Global News. Six oh nine on the morning news. A new report from Stats Canada shows grocery prices are on the rise, and driving that inflation is meat and fresh vegetables. However, in the current economic climate, not everyone can afford the upcharge on their weekly grocery bills. But you still have to eat, and uh, want some nutritional choices as well. With some tips on how to shop the grocery store to make your dollars go further, we are joined by dietitian Avita Basilio. Good morning to you, Avita.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. And you are correct. If you have suspected your grocery bills have been rising while you aren't just imagining it, the price yeah. of food has steadily been increasing in the last decade, and the COVID-19 pandemic is only accelerating this trend as operation costs have gone up during the health emergency. But, uh, and the products that are mostly gone up is fresh produce and meat. Mm-hmm. But actually, fresh produce can lose a lot of its vitamins and phytonutrients during storage. So frozen produce is actually sometimes even better. It um, may contain more vitamins and phytonutrients than days-old fresh items. Uh, so make sure you cook it as soon as you defrost it or cook it right upon uh, freezing it. So the alternatives to fresh produce come in a bag or a box or a can, uh, which is uh, frozen. So for the produce, when it's frozen, is actually picked ripe. It's sometimes blanched minimally in hot water and then immediately frozen. So it really preserves its nutritional value. And interestingly, some frozen produce may actually be enhanced with nutrients like vitamin C during the packaging process to prevent browning. So you may end up getting more of this vitamin than you get from fresh produce. In the same way, canned uh, goods are really great options. So that produce is also picked ripe. It's cooked a bit more than frozen produce is, And they may add salt as a preservative. Um, but it still has really good nutrient value. So that's so frozen and canned produce is it's just as good as the fresh stuff.
1: Let's talk about that, that canned food because back in the day it came out and it was usually kind of mushy when it was, for example, peas or that sort of thing. But is there a, a, a better system now in terms of canning food that it makes it a little more healthy and more palatable, would you say? Yes,
4: absolutely. As technology has improved, so has our canning capabilities. And so things like, for, for example, for vegetarian protein options, canned or dried beans and legumes, peas, lentils, um, nuts and seeds, and things like the vegetables, like corn, peas, mushrooms, they are all sort of the sim- similar value, nutrition value, but also same similar tastes. And some some items may come, for example, canned fruit may come in sugary syrup laced with various additives but you can also get canned fruit just in water so there are different options with high nutrient value as well as better quality.
0: Avita, it has to be you know kind of an uphill battle if you will if you work as a dietitian, in the sense that yes you folks are always plugging the fresh the local the produce that comes straight out of the ground the, the fresh meats and we were discussing here behind the scenes how it's basically cheaper to feed a family of four of fast food mm-hmm. than what you can with today's grocery store prices. So you've really got to be on your toes in your job, don't you?
4: Yeah, absolutely. it can get quite difficult and I would say if you are um, if you are going to a grocery store to, to shop I, while shopping in store isn't an option for everyone whether you're immunocompromised or you need to quarantine but if you can I would recommend it um, to go in store to buy your groceries versus buying online so that's another way to save money because when you buy online and uh, there might be an, a surcharge not just due to due to the delivery fee. Um, It's just rare that you can find deals online. Typically, they will charge you a premium for everything you buy. So if you're sort of going between like eating out or getting groceries, uh, groceries can be affordable. If you go in store, look up some deals, use flyers to help with that. Sticking to those frozen or canned goods, you'll get more nutrient nutrition than you will from eating fast food. And then for things like protein options, explore vegetarian protein options like eggs, those canned beans, soy products like tofu tempeh, nuts and seeds. Nut butters have not gone up in price, so that's also a great protein option. If you're looking to buy meat, you can still get less expensive types of meat, poultry, and fish, such as stewing meat, blade or flank steak ground meat pork shoulder chicken pieces like the legs or thighs or the whole chicken so there are options they might just require a bit more um a bit more cooking skills to Mm -hmm. uh, to figure out how to use
1: those types of of, uh, parts of the meat it pains me to ask this but what about canned meat is that any is that worthy of of us even (laughs) eating it
4: The the great thing about canned meat, too, is there are lower salt options now as well. So canned tuna is a really great one um, that I always recommend to have in your pantry, especially if we go into another lockdown or things like that, and having those options on hand. Um, Canned meat, just look for that low-sodium tie on it so that you're you're getting a little bit of a healthier product, and it's still a a good protein option.
0: Let's talk about planning, vita because I think that if you want to save money, it always seems to me when I'm at the grocery store, last-minute items can just kind of jump into the cart. So how important <laughs> yeah. is it to, to, to meal plan for the family or more for yourself, for that matter?
4: Meal planning is a great option. Do it at the beginning of the week and, and make a grocery list. So when you, even when you're making a grocery list, it can be overwhelming as to what to, go, what to buy if you don't know um, what meals you want to cook. So even if you can get and staples especially if you're on a strict food budget so divide it into protein grains produce and milk and alternatives so protein looking for those canned goods those vegetarian protein options less expensive types of meat for grains thinking that you want to buy um the grains in a bag versus any packaged rice and pasta mixes those will cost more same with hot cereals like oatmeal and multi-grains you want to get the, the whole packages, not the instant-flavored hot cereals and single-serving packages. Even though they're easy, they cost more and are less mm. nutritious. For produce, start with frozen or canned fruits and vegetables and tomato sauce. Those should be your staples. When you're even when you buy um, fruits and vegetables as uh, as fresh, make sure that you keep them apart. As fruit produces gas and makes vegetables spoil quicker. So if you have two drawers in your fridge, put vegetables in one in the other really Yep. Yeah. so make sure you separate them so that they don't the vegetables don't go bad and then for fresh produce if you're trying to think of what to buy choose long lasting items like squash beets cabbage carrots cauliflower parsnips turnips apples citrus pomegranates potatoes <clears throat> and some meal ideas can be like adding frozen or leftover vegetables to soups chili stews curries or salads add a package of fresh or thawed frozen spinach, broccoli or cauliflower in your pasta or stir fry, and add lots of frozen veggies to make a hearty vegetable soup. So having those fruits and vegetables, whether it's frozen, canned or fresh on hand, um, is a good staple to have in your fridge. And then when you're looking at milk and alternatives, if you are buying dairy, buy the milk in the four liter bags or jugs instead of cartons. And then you can just freeze a portion that you won't use right away. As milk can be frozen for up to three months. So you can and it'll be cheaper than buying it just in those individual cartons. And you can saw the bags of milk in your refrigerator and shake it before you open it. And if you prefer not to drink milk, try fortified soy beverages as an alternative. They often go on sale so making sure you buy them at the right time and you can stock up in the same way just keep it stored in the fridge and same with yogurt so buying yogurt in large containers and is cheaper and buy cheese in blocks when it's on sale and slice and grate it yourself instead of buying the grated or the pre-sliced cheese it's also higher nutrient value lower sodium and you can also freeze grated or block
1: cheese to mm-hmm. help it make make it last longer great tips great information thank you so much for joining us this morning it's great to be on. Thank you. Appreciate your time. That is dietitian Evita Basilio.
0: Seriously, I had no idea you could freeze milk. I've learned Me something Me either. This I always wondered what zig zig ah meant <laughs> in that Spice Girls song. You don't need to know. So many questions about the 90s. Have to mention before we go further, though, that our Landmark Cinema's double-pass winner is Karen Crawford. Congratulations. And, uh, of course, uh, she's going to the movies. Some throwback movies in theaters. It is Flashback Friday here on the morning news on 770 CHQR with Sue and Andy. Sponsored by Fair Play Wild Bird Center. Whatever. The 90s reminds you of music, movies, pop culture, major news events, and how the decades shaped your life. You can send us a text at 403-974-8255.
1: Got a really powerful text from Jake, who really reminds us how lucky we are. He says that war started the, uh, the Bosnian War started in 1991. He was just 18 years old, living in that country, fled his home, was a refugee until 95, moved to Canada in 95 with $250 in his pocket. He said took him a few years to learn English and get his life together. Unfortunately, the 90s were not a good time for him. But now he uh, you know, has established a life here and Canada is his home and he listens to us every morning. So thank you for that, Jake. That's a really powerful text.
0: And that is how a decade shaped your life for sure. We got another text that uh, just came in and said, the 90s, how could we forget that uh, was the Internet came to the people? And a couple of quick uh, stats here. In 1998, Google was founded only 22 years ago. Are you mm. kidding me? Also, in 1998, Apple unveiled the iMac computer. Can you believe it? Now everything is, you know, uh, Apple. It's true. There was a time in the 80s where, the, the, you know, it was certainly a brand that we knew, but it's only really been the past 22 to 23 years that they've dominated.
1: 1995, eBay was founded, too. So, so much, you know, the internet was just... Boy, did it ever change our lives, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody is talking about the 90s, and yeah, oh my gosh, all those songs, bringing back memories of massive hangovers from Billy's and Mort's in Red Deer. That's
0: Billy Bob's, yes. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I remember those places. I was in, the, in Red Deer in the mid-90s.
1: And then of course, it's those
0: products, and we have some commercials as well we'll be rolling out for you here. This texter, George, says, the 90s was the time they started causing chaos over toys at Christmas, i.e. Tickle Me Elmo, the lineups uh, the uh, hordes right. of people so yeah i remember that people would just it was major toys in the 90s was one of those eras
1: absolutely uh something else oh what did i see it was uh something about um the the handheld video game thing that was the 90s too wasn't it nintendo nintendo those sort of uh the game ha- boy they, those yeah yeah so uh, that was all the rage toys that had electronics in them big thing is still today even.
0: oh man